The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered Jesus up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they cried, Barabbas! Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified! And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then Pilate released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. The coward's wife. You know, <clears throat> Pilate probably never thought of himself as a coward. Uh, you know, what we know from history is he, he... Listen, when Jesus of Nazareth was brought to him, I guarantee you he really could care less about Jesus. Okay? We tend to, you know, he... He, no. he would crucify hundreds of Jews. And the history records show that. But there was something operating on that uh, Good Friday... Pilate felt manipulated by that. And it's very interesting to see what happened as you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and put a composite picture together. You really do find how this governor, because, you know, be a Roman governor, and especially in the precinct of Judea in the Roman provinces, uh, you couldn't be some slough-off. Okay, But it is amazing to see what happened to Pilate. And it's really how he basically caved in. And as I got to thinking about this, you know, in our journey through Lent, one of the Lenten things we do is look inward and look at ourselves and look at the nature of how we too can be tempted and how things can happen to us that we wouldn't ever think would happen to us, because I'm sure that Pontius Pilate woke up Friday morning 
and never thought it would end the way it did. When Jesus was first brought to him, if you remember the story, he wanted to reason with them. He, he, then, he, he found out that Jesus came from the province of Galilee, and so where did he send him to? Herod. All right? <laughs> it's not my problem, <laughs> okay? Let me give you Jesus. Well, Herod says, uh, no, not my problem. Sends him back. You can't, you can't, you can't give me this problem. So he, it doesn't work. So he reasons, he's, what, what do you, what, what's with Jesus? Well, he claims to be a king, you know. He claims to be somebody who's usurping Caesar. <laughs> and Pilate is looking at Jesus, th- oh, right, sure, yes. He's trying to reason with them, doesn't work. He's hitting a stone wall. So what does he do next? He tries to negotiate. Okay, hey, you know what? It's Passover, and it's usually my practice. I let somebody out of prison that the crowds want. And he arrested a lot of Jews for a lot of things. Well, there was this one guy named Barabbas. And all we're called is that he was a notorious criminal. He probably was a thief. He had, who knows what he had done? But he was somebody that was not really a good man. And everybody knew it. Pilate thought what? <laughs> they aren't going to choose this creep over Jesus because Pilate had to know about Jesus in some of the things that he had been doing, uh, teaching. Uh, he was loved by the crowds. Hmm. Well, when he brings them before, the chief priest said what? Stack the deck. They had flooded the courtyard where the, basically where all this judgment would go on with all of their people. And so when he said, who do you want me to release for you? He was convinced that they were going to ask for who? Jesus. But instead they're saying Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. It's like, what? He says, well, what? What, what do you want me to do with uh, this Jesus? Crucify him. Crucify him? Well, what evil has he done compared to this guy? This doesn't make sense in this negotiation. They didn't care. They just cried all the louder, crucify him. It's interesting that John tells us that at this point, what he does is he whips Jesus. And Roman whippings almost a lot of times killed criminals. So he whips Jesus, and then he puts a robe around him. And this is that famous scene that he is brought out, and it says, Behold the man in Latin, Ecce homo! And what did they do? They cried all the louder, Crucify him. We have no king but Caesar. And so finally, what does Pilate do? He compromises. He then capitulates. But he does an interesting thing in this. And and his wife even had a part of that story, remember? Because she sends words sometime during this period. Listen, don't have anything to do with this guy. I've had a lot of bad dreams about him. Did Pilate listen to his wife? (laughs) 
no, says something, okay? Um, it just didn't work. Nothing, nothing worked. So what does he do? Does he know that Jesus is innocent? It's very obvious in the text that he knew that Jesus really did not commit any crime. That this guy was not a threat to the Roman Empire in the least. In fact, if anybody was a threat to the Roman Empire, it was some of these clowns that were standing in front of him accusing Jesus. And he could tell it was out of envy. He didn't have enough guts to stand up for the truth and to live the truth. So in his act of capitulation, he wanted to assage his conscience, which I think is rather curious. I mean, he's the Roman governor. He can do anything he wants. But in front of this bloodthirsty crowd, what does he do? He takes some water and he washes his hands and he says, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. And they said, uh, crucify him. His blood be on us and our children. And I got to thinking as you listen to that story and you just think briefly on Herod, you know, what happened to Pilate in many ways in different forms can happen to us. Sometimes we kind of reason with our sins and our temptations. We kind of engage them in a, in a rational process. It really doesn't always work. Then sometimes we negotiate with our temptations and say, well, you know, maybe it's not so bad if I do this. Or what about this? We negotiate. Then we kind of get into a pity party. And then what do we end up doing? The very thing we didn't want to do. And that's the way our sins work. They work on us. They want to wear us down. Just like the chief priests, like the crowd, they kept working. They are resilient. Sin is very resilient, okay? It's, it's very resilient. And then we want to act as if we're innocent, but it doesn't work. Pilate washed his hands with water but you know what's the interesting thing is he thought, well, I'm innocent of this man's blood. It didn't work. Because for almost 2,000 years, at gatherings of Christians, when we recite the creed of the church, aside from the holy name of God, the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, what other two names are mentioned in the creed? Born of the Virgin Mary and crucified under Pontius Pilate. Think about that. Every Christian community remembers what Pilate did in his capitulation of crucifying the Son of God, an innocent and, as Pilate's wife said, righteous man. The water couldn't wipe away what Pilate did that day. But you and I have a different remedy. When those things happen in our lives, we capitulate, we're trying to negotiate with our sins, excuse them, you name it. And then we realize what we've done. Don't try to act innocent. 
we go back to the water that's back there. Paul says that when we were baptized into the waters of Jesus, we were baptized to his death. We return to what happened in our baptism, that we were put to death with Christ, and we are raised to be a person who follows Jesus. And the reality of Lent and the reality of our lives is, you know what? What happened to Pilate happens to us a lot. We fall. We want to claim innocence. We, you know, we do the whole gamut. But in reality, we have to just face up to what we did. And in doing that, we return to the mercy of God that was given to us initially in our baptism, given to us in holy absolution of confession, and most intimately given to us on what we're gathered here tonight around his sacrifice, his very precious body and blood, given and shed for you, for what? The forgiveness of your sin. Pilate never faced up to it, but we can. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.